How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to the Creative Collision Podcast. This is Saeed here with a new episode. On this episode, I'm going to touch on a, a few different topics. I'm going to do another classic album review, um, continuing my series of classic album reviews. Uh, this is a perfect timing for this album. Uh, the 25th anniversary just passed for this album. Uh, Raekwon's only built for Cuban links. Uh, the Purple Tape, uh, Wu-Tang member, Raekwon the Chef, uh, dropped one of my my favorite albums um, of all time, especially from this era. This was uh, you know, the mid-90s uh, New York hip-hop era uh, where everything that just came out during this time was just amazing. Um, so one of the most iconic um, influential hip hop albums dropped 25 years ago, a few days ago. So um, I figured it was a uh, perfect timing to speak on this album. And I know uh, on my last classic album review, I did Jay Z's Reasonable Doubt. And uh, on that album, on that album review, I kind of compared uh, Reasonable Doubt and Cuba Links a little bit, being that they were of the same type of uh, subgenre of mafioso rap. And I talked about how how influential. Um, Cuban links was on reasonable doubt as far as the themes of uh of that that style of uh of rap uh so i figured it was perfect timing to speak on this album talk about this album uh, for my third classic album review um only built for cuban links uh break one so i'm gonna talk about that do my review for for that album then i'm i'm gonna talk about uh, uh the lakers and the dodgers um as uh as you know the NBA had its restart just uh got their restart season just started we're a few games into it now so I'm gonna speak about uh you know the NBA bubble and uh how's it going so far um with uh with the league and also on baseball and uh MLB's return so it's been about two weeks since baseball started and um I'm gonna speak on some of the problems they're having already um, with the COVID cases and just about how the Dodgers are doing. So uh, that's going to be this episode. I'm going to do a solo one. Uh, for those of you wondering, Will will be back soon. We're going to do a uh, podcast soon over Zoom. Uh, so look out for that. We did one already, but uh, uh, our first Zoom podcast is um, on YouTube right now. Uh, but the second one will will not only be on our YouTube as a video, but we're going to have the audio uploaded on Apple and Spotify, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, so, yeah, let's let's get into it. Starting my first topic here was uh, my classic album review series, Only Built for Cuban Links by Raekwon the Chef. Let's get into it. So, Only Built for Cuban Links, classic album review. Uh, as I mentioned, this album came out. 25 years ago, a few days back, uh, the anniversary of this album. Uh, one of the most iconic hip-hop albums of all time. One of uh, the most influential hip-hop albums of all time. So, um, the way I like to start these classic album reviews, I like to start with uh, with the first time I, I've ever heard this album. The first time I listened to this album. Um, going back to the first things I can remember of this album when I first listened to it. And then uh, after I talk about the uh, my first experiences with this album, I like to talk about the influence, um, the impact it had on hip hop and and uh, and its legacy. 
So uh, my classic album reviews, I don't do a track by track breakdown because um, it's classic for a reason. So all the all the tracks, for the most part, are going to be great on these classic album reviews. Um, so it's going to be more so uh, about the legacy of this album. And uh, and uh, yeah, let's get into it. So uh, the you know the background, my first time listening to this album. Um, it was around the same time I, I was getting getting into hip hop a lot, and around the I talked about this in my previous reviews when I was about 15 years old, around 2006, 2006, 2000, uh, 2005, 2006. Uh, those were the years where I really started to get into hip hop and listen to it. Um, you know, listen to to. Uh, to not just what was on the radio and and what was on TV, but actually uh, researching, studying hip hop, and and wanting to to learn more about the genre and uh, and different types of uh, albums that that at that time people were considering classic albums. And at this time, you know, I was I was a teenager uh, falling in love with hip hop and wanting to be a rapper myself. So so I would. Uh, I would look up albums that that people would talk about, and uh, and uh, and fans would consider classic hip hop albums. So that's that's how I got into only built for Cuban links. How I discovered it in the first place. Um, it was it was just an album that I would see pop up on a lot of a lot of lists of uh, greatest hip hop albums, and. Um, Around this time, I was just getting into hip hop, so I didn't really know a whole lot about Raekwon or about Wu Tang in general. I knew, growing up, I knew um, about Wu Tang, but that was just from hearing people talk about Wu Tang. It was like uh, the logo, like the Wu Tang logo. I remember my stepbrother would have, like, he carved the logo. He was a, a Wu Tang fan, and I remember him. Like carved the logo on his desk in his room, and uh, my cousin would talk about Wu Tang, and and uh, you would and, you know and you would see Wu Tang on Chappelle skits, uh, you know you would see uh, you would see uh, Wu Tang in Chappelle Chappelle show episodes, so like you like that's how I heard of Wu Tang, like I just heard of of that word and that name, but I didn't really know much about Wu Tang. Uh, in general, like as a group. Um, so when I heard Cuban Links, I think at the time I might have heard, I'm pretty, yeah, I'm pretty sure I already heard 36 Chambers uh, for my cousin. I think that was one of the albums he had that I I downloaded. So I heard 36 Chambers, and in fact, I know I already heard 36 Chambers because I, <laughs> I, um, I rapped over the cream beat, <laughs> um, you know, trying to, you know, when I was trying to, when I first started rapping and, you know, getting into rap, I was trying to rap over these classic beats, and I'm sure I fucking, at that time, I probably thought it was dope, but I'm sure yeah, shit was garbage, you know, probably disrespected the hell out of that classic-ass song, rapping over, rapping over cream. Um, so, I, you know, I, I heard... 36 Chambers, and from 36 Chambers, I looked up other Wu-Tang albums that 
people considered classic or that were considered classic albums. And Cuban Links always popped up at the top of the list, especially when it came to solo Wu-Tang albums. Now, I'm pretty sure I listened to Cuba Links and Liquid Swords around the same time. Uh, I remember I remember vividly hearing both of those albums uh, within the same time frame when I started to research these albums. So the first time I heard Cuba Links, I had a, you know, I had a probably... Um, I don't, cause I don't think my cousin had Cuban Link, so I think I had to add, either downloaded it uh, online. I think that might have been the way I listened to Cuban Links for the first time. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I know it's not good. Don't download music illegally, people. Um, it's not really a thing anymore. But back in the day, that, that was a thing, and uh, I think that's the first time I listened to Cuban Link. So. Um, yeah, just my first experience listening to that album, the first thing that, that caught my attention was, um, that, that album just has such a, a movie-like atmosphere to it. It's the soundtrack, the beats for this album, um, it's so, I know it's different, man. It's, it's, you can't really explain it, but it, it, it. And what makes this album so great and and uh, makes it stand out, stand the test of time, is that nothing sounds like it. Even to this day, nothing sounds like this album at all as far as the, the production. And even like uh, Cuba Links Part 2, uh, which was a really great follow-up that came out in 2009, um, really doesn't have the same feeling as um, Cuba Links Part 1. Um as I, you know, I mentioned on the Jay-Z Reasonable Doubt review, uh, this album was like kind of the birth of a subgenre of hip-hop called mafioso rap. So this whole album had themes of of uh, drug dealing and, and being a kingpin, having this larger-than-life kind of Scarface, uh, know, uh, Scarface, king of the world type of type of story and mentality to it uh, that you know this album you can say birds cocaine rap you know um which is which is a big a big uh like subgenre of hip-hop today um you know a lot of a lot of rappers make a living like they built their whole career off rapping about selling drugs and you know selling crack um so you know when you think about like Pusha T uh you think about like Freddie Gibbs um 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 freaking um Griselda as a group you know guys that are you know groups and rappers that are that are really uh really hot today um really big today uh they made a living off of rapping about, rapping about like the, the drug dealer lifestyle and and coke rap, and just being larger than life figures, uh, and you know Jay Jay Z with you know, he came out around the same same time, so it's it's kind of not as directly where you see the the long lasting legacy of people today, but you you know you see how many rappers. Uh, rap about, rap about this type of lifestyle, and 
the influence that this album had because this this whole album this is this is the major theme throughout the album it's it's telling the story of of not only Raekwon but Ghostface Killer shout out to Ghostface because because it's almost like a uh, a double not a double album but a a um, a duo you know like a group album between Raekwon and Ghostface uh, Ghostface is on nearly every song so you see how both of these dudes kind of are telling the story of of wanting to to be kingpins from the intro or wanting a better life for themselves and and uh wanting to be kings and and uh you know live life to the fullest and it starts there with the the intro striving for perfection and and uh you see both of these guys are just hungry to make something of themselves then you go through the through the songs and and you, you get to the you know the the lifestyle and the storytelling uh you know the the things are going through uh, on a song by song kind of track by track basis it's the album is not really a concept album but it has that type of feeling when you listen to it like it it tells the story of of two guys trying to to become kingpins and and uh and make the most of their life so you really get a sense of that and of course RZA on the beats just fucking killed it this is one of the greatest produced albums of all time and this was the era where where in my opinion I think I think this was the greatest five-year run a producer had ever had and this is RZA at the peak of his powers from from 93 to to 97 it, uh, RZA was untouchable and you know he was you know right in the middle of that this is 1995 so he's like in the middle of that of this legendary run where he just was on this this producer beat making um giant you know I started with it started with uh uh 36 chambers and it goes into all the Wu-Tang solo albums that came out in between and then you get to 97 with Wu-Tang Forever so um the the beats on this album RZA's production his his atmosphere atmospheric beats that he that he created the soundscape for this this album is incredible so the the production is is some of the best all time as far as the beats on this thing and and uh that that has just a big as part as uh the verses and the the lyricism on this album so you know you you look at it you go you go through the album um like i mentioned you get the intro you go through uh you go through uh knucklehead knowledge god you get to criminology which is one of the greatest uh beats i feel like um the the eeriness of uh rainy days that that uh that beat and the and the singing the kind of that that uh I don't know, it, it, it created such a movie-like uh, experience, and um, I saw that. I think RZA said that that was his favorite song on that album, Rainy Days. And then you get into, uh, you get into uh, the interlude, not interlude, but uh, Biters. Then you get into Ice Water, so that was, uh, that was whole, the whole shot at, at Biggie Smalls with the, with the ripping off of um, uh, Nas's album cover uh, thinking that you know that ready to die 
Ready to Die was basically um, biting uh, Illmatic. Um, then you could get Nas on it. You get Nas on Verbal Intercourse, which might be the greatest guest verse of all time. Um, this was when Nas was in his absolute prime. Uh, Nas in this era was untouchable. 94 through 96. Um, you couldn't fuck with Nas in, in this era. He was like the greatest rapper in the world in this era. So um, hearing him on Verbal Intercourse have one of the all-time great verses um, just just uh just adds so much to to this as well he was the only non wu-tang affiliate rapper that was featured on this album so that was a that was a big deal and of course you got ice cream with that fucking beat man it's just crazy um wound gambino's heaven and hell uh north star and so the album ends on this kind of this this uh it's kind of eerie um tone of uh, the decisions you make and what makes you good or bad, well, what uh, you know you're providing for your family at the end of the day, and and uh, you're doing what you got to do to survive. Uh, this is why you you know you do the things you do. And uh, and yeah, this let's talk about more of the the legacy of this. Uh, I, I touched on it. I already touched on it briefly when I was speaking on. Uh, the coke rappers of today that uh you know are heavily influenced by this album and uh yeah to this day to this day you still just hear hear the the influence the sprinkles of this album throughout rappers today um Rayquan, I know Rayquan, uh, has been featured on I think he was on the last was it the last uh, West Side was a West Side Gun project. I forgot what you know. He's been he 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 was on a Griselda project. I, I can't remember what song what project he was on, but it was kind of his feature on on the this Griselda project was uh was kind of I felt like him passing the torch as like as like the OG one of the OG Godfathers of Coke Grab and passing it down to the dudes that are killing it today. So, I think Rick Wan has, Rick Wan definitely knows the legacy of this album, and I feel like he, he does a great job of passing down the legacy to, uh, to rappers, rappers today that, that he knows were, were heavily influenced by this album, and, uh, and, uh, it really, really speaks on, speaks on, like, um, how he feels of today's rappers, today's, uh, today's kind of coke rappers so uh you know 95 when this came out i mean i'm i mean i'm not sure that you know how it was initially received because uh you know wasn't old enough at that time but i just know when i when i listened to this album for the first time 10 years later like in 05 06 i i just heard so much uh so much of today's today's type of rappers in it as far as the way Raekwon and Ghostface were rhyming the way they you know their kind of stream of conscious type of lyricism where you feel like obviously you know it's thought out but they rhyme in a way they flow in a way where where it feels kind of like 
um, it's like a stream of consciousness. You're just kind of going off top, but you know they're not. You know, you know they're there's a a, a a format and a, and definitely a story that they're telling. And uh, and this album was just top to bottom, top to bottom classic album, undisputed classic, one of the one of the greatest albums of all time. Um, changed changed hip hop, created it created a whole new subgenre of hip hop that is still really popular today. Uh, mafioso rap, coke rap. This is still one of the most popular uh, types of of um, MCs today, and and it's also one of the most. I feel like it's also a, uh, a people can relate to the story, and and this is one of the reasons why I like this type of uh, hip hop so much. You know, a lot of my favorite rappers are like rappers that rap about dealing drugs, and I think a big reason why is because they're telling the story that you don't have to sell drugs to relate to. It's more of a hustler story. It's a, it's a story of wanting to, 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 I I guess, make the most out of your situation. Um, these are not, these are not people that are necessarily glorifying this life. I mean, there's rappers at times that I feel like just want to glorify the terrible, you know, the bad decisions they're making. But I feel like the best uh, drug drug rappers are not glorifying the life. They're they're more so telling you a story that they're put in this environment, and this is their only way to survive, and the only way they can really make something of themselves because they really want to be something so bad. They want to, you know, get out of get out of uh, the life that they're living in. They want to be successful they want to make money um but they're not giving they're not given a lot of options so they have to resort to this type of type of lifestyle this type of way of living uh but they know this type of way of living comes with consequences and you know this is where what differentiates rappers of like that era like the what differentiates uh Raekwon and Ghostface on Cuban Links would differentiate Jay-Z on Reasonable Doubt. Um, you know, uh, e- you know, even like uh, uh, Mob Deep and the Infamous, those type of albums that 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 uh, you know, Biggie as well, Ready to Die. Or, you know, you 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 don't feel like these people are are even though they have songs where they're they're. They're enjoying the spoils of this type of lifestyle. They're also painting pictures of of uh, the downfall of this lifestyle in a way that a lot of rappers don't do today. So, um, you know, there's rappers today that do do that well, which is people I talked about that were heavily inspired by this album. The Benny the Butchers, West Side Gun, um, Conway, you know, Griselda, Pusha T, have, you know, been on this um he made a whole career off just rapping about coke, right? Pusha T's built a whole career off of that, and I don't know Pusha T built a whole career off of that if it wasn't for this album. Um, but you know, a lot of these, 
you know, Rock Marciano is another one. These these do that that do it well. You know, they they give you they give you both sides of the story. They they give you a whole worldview, a whole I know the whole game. They're not just giving you one one point of view. The good you know the the lavish life point of view. They're giving you uh, uh, painting pictures of the whole story here. And this is what this album did. It showed people uh, this this type of lifestyle and and uh, what it can do what it can do for you. But you know, when we listen to this album, you feel like it's not just two people rapping about um, selling drugs and and uh, it's not just a coke grab. It's not just strictly about that. It's 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 a rapper, uh, two rappers for the most part with Ghostface and Raekwon that are rapping about wanting to wanting to make more of themselves you get this hunger in their voice and their and their and their lyrics and and this is why i feel like i connect with these type of albums so much because as uh some like me i you know i i you know i want to make the most of myself and and do what i can uh, to be successful and you know fortunate for me i wasn't um born into into uh into uh, a life that required me to to where my options were very limited you know so for for rappers that are very good at what they do and uh right one and ghostface are really good at what they do they can you know they can talk about talk about the lifestyle that they had to live but i'll do it in a way that that shows you they're kind of put in put in this life and put in these situations for a reason and these were the options they had and and fuck it these were the options they had they're gonna live it to the fullest so um yeah i mean that's that's the best way to articulate this album and uh, just how great it is so and it's just, the music is just so fucking dope so it's just it's just um it's just fucking classic all around so yeah that's my that's my review for this album for uh, only built for cuban links from rank one and uh uh, I'm gonna transition now to uh, some sports and talk about uh, the NBA and uh, MLB uh, up next. I'll talk about uh, the NBA first. Basketball back, excited for that. Um, we just are about a couple couple games in now. The the Lakers just finished uh, beating the Jazz on. Uh, uh, as I'm recording this podcast, or uh, the game ended about about an hour ago now, so that's, uh, that was the third uh, Lakers third game since the uh, the restart, and I'm um, not gonna spend too much time on on uh, on this, but I just want to talk about my thoughts so far. So the Lakers, for the most part, they look good. Um, they have they just actually clinched the number one seed right now as. Uh, as of today when they beat the jazz. So, uh, not, you know, it, the one thing that sucks is that seeding, I mean, it still matters, but it's not as important because there's no, there's no home court advantage anymore. And, that you know, that kind of sucks for the Lakers being that, uh, you know, they played, played so well all season long and played hard from the beginning. Um, so they can have that, you know, have that home court advantage, but then of course everything turned to shit. And, uh, and uh, we are where we are now, but at least we still have sports, right? So, um, no home court advantage really now, but it's still nice to have the number one seed because 
you know you're just going to have the easiest route to get to the conference finals. Um, and in the West, being that the Lakers are going to play the eighth seed. Um, and, uh, and yeah, they'll have a, they'll have an easier route to easier matchup, I should say, uh, with the number one seed locked up. So that was good. Um, and you know, they look, they look good. They being that they were, you know, they were, they were off for four months. I feel for the most part, uh, everybody kept in, had kept in good shape. Nobody really looks like they're, I mean, they're a little rusty, with their shots, you know, some of the three-point shooting especially, but that's that's not that big of a deal. Well, the more thing, or the one, the thing that was more, more I was going to watch out for more and be more concerned about was if they, if uh, players didn't look like they were in shape or if they looked like they were struggling uh, with their conditioning. But honestly, I've been pretty surprised at, at the conditioning, not just the Lakers, but... Um, a lot of players uh, since this restart happened. Um, it looks like you know a lot of players look like they're, you know, they're they kept in great shape. They're not really getting too winded out there. Um, uh, players look they look they look good, you know, and and I and that's that's a, that's a good thing to watch. Nobody's gotten injured. I mean, I think, I mean, Jonathan Isaac just uh, went down with an injury, but. Um, you know, for the most part, people look healthy and, and good to go. And this bell bolts are just working really well so far. So that's great to see. Uh, no no positive tests. Or the NBA has been doing a really good job of uh, following protocols and and uh, and things that have been um, uh, been going really well over there. You know, so you know any player that do leave the bubble, if they if they you know do something against against uh. Uh, guidelines and you know they get in trouble like Lou Williams for example so so you know so far so good um the big game to talk about with the Lakers was the game against the Clippers which they won uh 103 to 101 and I'm not taking too much away out of that game because I know the Clippers were down two of their their key players and Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell but uh I like what I saw still because the Lakers, I felt like could have played better and they still were able to win that game. And, you know, Paul George shot the lights out and uh, he's not going to shoot that well um, every single game. So so uh, the fact that the Lakers were still able to win that game, there was some some um, questionable calls as well that were that I felt like uh, went against the Lakers that had uh, made that game closer than what it should have been toward the end. So it was a good sign. Um, not taking too much away from it yet, but uh, the Lakers are they looked right in right where they should be. You know, uh, definitely uh, a team primed to to uh, get to the finals, to to get to the finals, and uh, I think the the best team in the West. So uh, so far so good. It's it's helping continue this this bubble keeps going well and and. Uh, and uh, just excited to, to have basketball. So on the opposite end, the NBA bubble has been doing really well with COVID cases. Baseball, however, has been uh, not good <laughs> uh, when it comes to uh, COVID. So we're only about two weeks into the season. 
and uh, we've already had like several several uh out not several outbreaks but several cases of positive tests uh with covid it started with the with the marlins and the phillies and uh i think now the cardinals had a few positive tests um so it's going to continue man with baseball it's it's going to continue the only thing is we have to cross our fingers and hope that that it doesn't get so bad that the season gets canceled um but uh what can you expect uh when you know these these teams are traveling they're they're not in a bubble they're free to do whatever they they want after games and and before games so there's a story that came out that the the Marlins and the Phillies I believe that how that outbreak start happened was that a lot of players ended up going to the casino um going out to bars and just being kind of irresponsible and that's how they had an outbreak and you know this the players are are free to do that you know because the baseball doesn't have any sort of any sort of protocol that players have to follow um, when they're off the field, when they're on the field, and uh, when they're in the clubhouse, there's protocols that they have to follow. But after the game is over, these players are free to um, go home or go out to the bar, go out to a public place and do whatever they please. Um, they're just, you know, it's just hoping that they don't. You're hope you're, you're hoping that they're they're responsible and they don't, but they're free to do what they want. So, uh, outbreaks can happen, you know, and they're traveling. These players are getting on airplanes and traveling and, and, uh, and just, you know, baseball never had a plan from the start. Ron Manfred, uh, players association. They, they just, it's been a mess from the start. They never really had a plan like the NBA did. So that's why we're seeing outbreaks. Um, we're just hoping, just hoping that we can get through the season and and uh, and be able to to you know get a full not a full season of course because it's only sixty games but get a complete season and uh, finish this this year off. And uh, Dodgers are looking good. Dodgers are looking good. That's a positive I can say. They're they're still not fully clicking yet, but but they still look good. Uh, they did lose today against the Padres, so they're now they're seven and four. But uh, not too worried about that. They they are looking good. Mookie Best is starting to heat up. Um, Bellinger hit a, a home run today again, so he he might be starting to turn it around. And uh, just just hope he can get through this season. Um, the you know the best thing that's happened so far was the Dodgers being sweeping the Astros in in Houston, and uh, those Astros players don't look. It looks like they're doing well, man. Uh, Altuve, Bregman, and Springer are really struggling. So that makes me so happy to see, because we all know the Astros are cheaters. So, so it's it's exciting to see them struggle and be frustrated at the plate. So that's that's uh, that makes me happy. So that's why, you no, know, hope that we can finish this season out. But baseball really needs to to kind of get it together when it comes to these this uh these uh, situations of players and and you know, getting